And welcome back to the BC Buckets Podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff University Basketball. This is Matt Gall, and I'm back for season two here with head coach Mark Sfagera. And uh, I apologize that it took us a little while to get things back and going for the year, but we wanted to make sure coach and the team could get things kind of going in full swing here. And so uh, they are all settled in, and so we're ready to get going again. Coach, how are you feeling about the second season of the podcast? I'm jacked, Matt. It's uh, It's been a while taking us a little time to work out some glitches, get things ready to go. And and I think our goal in our talks over the summer and, and even last spring were to make this a better podcast, flow a little bit better, a little more segmented at times maybe, but still leaving a lot of openings for conversation and you know whatever kind of idiocy the two of us are going to come up with. But I'm excited for this. I, I've started to get some questions here the last few weeks about when it's coming back, if it's coming back. And um, I'm excited to say we're back. To your knowledge, are we still the only NAI program that you're aware of that does something like this? As a program, I think so. And I, I can't speak for all 265 or 270, whatever there are, basketball schools in the NAI. I know there's some individual coaches that do some things. Um, I know Tree Burks at, uh, at York College does his own thing. It's, it's not, I don't know that it's fully associated with his program. It's more of a coaching podcast, and, and he's had some, some friends of mine on there. Um, and he's doing it, but to my knowledge, yes. And so we're going to continue to say that we're the NAI's best basketball podcast, and, and I would still say that even if there were others. All right, well, before we get rolling, I uh, just want to thank again everybody who listens, everybody who listened last year, and then everybody who's tuning in again this year. Uh, we'll follow kind of a similar format. You know, our plan is to, during the off season, let you know what's going on with the program, uh, give you a Kind of some insight into the roster and, and how things are shaking up as we uh, move into uh, official practices and those sorts of things and then once we get into the season give you recaps on games some insight into upcoming games and talk, hopefully talk to some current former players and some other guests throughout the year so uh, without any further ado i guess we'll just get started coach and talk about you know what's been going on since the last time we talked which was back in the uh, late spring after the season wrapped up uh, as most people know, you had a very successful season last year with an Elite Eight run at the NAIA tournament in Sioux Falls. And so obviously going into the offseason, you have a little bit of momentum. But, you know, I think any coach will tell you that there's always things to work on and, and ways to get better. And, you know, your goals certainly never go backwards. So uh, why don't you just talk about the time frame between uh, when your season ended last year through the summer and where we're at today? Yeah, I, I think I'll just start as chronologically as I can, Matt, and, and going back to May, the last time we, we put out a podcast, there's been a lot changed in our program. And uh, the first thing I'll, I'll talk about is we've had a little shakeup on our coaching staff. And uh, uh, Jake Shipley, who was our, our top assistant the last two years, has moved on. Um, actually, I call it he got a real job because a lot of days I don't feel like what I do is a real job. I get to coach basketball for a living. But uh, Coach Shipley, you know, he gave us two years in the program. Obviously, he was a, a four-year player here back a handful of years back. He did a really good job for us, and, and he had an opportunity to, to do something else. Um, I think probably a lesser time constraint. And I actually saw him last week, played in the alumni game, and, and he's really enjoying it. And so I'm really happy for him. He was able to stay here in town um, and find something he really liked. Um, so we hired another former player to, to take his spot as our top assistant, and that's Brian Forbes, who 
So most Charger fans will remember he was a heck of a player for us as well, a two-time All-American, 2017 grad, and and really in a lot of ways a big part of why the program's where it is right now. What his class and the, and the group he was a part of did to bring bring Briarcliff back to the national stage, uh, win a couple GPAC championships. Um, he was a huge part of that, and so we're excited to have him back. He spent the last two years at East Tennessee State University um, on their staff there. That's for those of you who don't know, that's a big-time mid-major program in, in Division One basketball. So he coached in the in the Southern Conference. It's a really good league. You know, Wofford was the team out of their conference last year that made the NCAA tournament um, and, and won a game. You know, so it's a good league, and, and he got some valuable experience working for a great coaching staff. And I think that really helped him just to get away from our program and, and see something different, learn from a different point of view of how things can be done because as we've talked about before there there's no one way to do things and so he's brought a ton of new ideas and, and perspectives on things and, and I'm really excited to have coach Forbes with us um, and then on top of that uh, Chris Davis who was our grad assistant last year actually late in the summer had an opportunity to to be a full-time assistant in another school and uh, he took that he's now at Rockford College uh, out in Illinois and uh, you know, again, really happy for Coach Davis to go from a GA to a to a full time top assistant position. That's kind of the next progression in the coaching business. And and when you're trying to move up early in your career, those kind of opportunities are very valuable. And and so I was happy for him. Left us a vacancy, obviously as a grad assistant. And and I didn't have to turn too far. I hired Eric Erdman to be our grad assistant, and and that's obviously a name that's very familiar and and very recent, a 2019 grad and really one of the best players that, that has ever played at Briar Cliff. And, and we know, you know, Eric's senior season was cut short, tragic injury, all that. Um, he's doing a great job as a GA. He's got a really bright future as a coach. And, and, and I'm really excited about the staff we have. You know, even with the turnover, um, we lost a couple guys, we gained a couple guys, but it's actually been as seamless and flawless of a transition as I, I could have hoped for. And on top of those two guys, we still have Austin Leffler back. You know, he helps us when he can. He's a teacher full time by trade, but he, mm -hmm. he's here almost every day. And then for the 38th year, we have Ron Schultz back, and uh, he's in a similar situation. He's here every single day, practice games, and, and the wisdom and the knowledge and, and the even temperedness that he brings is, again, it's invaluable. And now we're talking about a staff of, of four guys, all Briarcliff alums, the pride and the passion. For our program among our assistant coaches is unmatched and it, it's hard to put a price tag on that you know yeah at times you could say there it's an inexperienced group a couple of those guys are pretty young but you're talking about guys that know the program we're a huge part of of getting the program to where it is right now and and i just i want guys like that around our program and, and i'm really excited about the staff we have this year so with Jake Shipley moving on and Brian Forbes coming in, I think anyone who's been following the program for for as long as I have, um, and obviously you have with your coaching experience here, knows that those are two guys who, uh, Forbes and Shipley are two guys that have a little bit different of a personality when it comes to how they played on the court, how they showed their leadership. Uh, Jake, I think, was a guy who was uh, a little, little mo bit more of a quiet leader, uh, leader by example. Um, you know, he would he would pull somebody aside if, if somebody needed, you know, some some advice or he needed to get on somebody about that. Whereas Forbes wore his emotions a little bit more on his sleeves, I think. So have you seen that carry over into how 
you know, his coaching style differs from Jake Shipley's and how the guys have, I guess, uh, kind of acclimated to that? Well, I think, yeah, I think in a lot of ways you're right. And, you know, you don't want to fall into the trap of saying, well, hey, this guy played like this, he's going to coach like that, because that's not always the case. But, but I think in a lot of ways you're right. And, and in terms of our guys, players are pretty resilient. And I think that with Coach Shipley and now with Coach Forbes, I don't think it matters what your personality is or, or how you correct players, how you coach players. It's more about the authenticity of it. And, and both those guys, you know, Jake Shipley and Brian Forbes, are, are authentic in who they are. And they really, really care about the program and they care about the players. And I think that's the biggest thing um, where you, it's not so much are you yelling or screaming at a kid? Are you doing a little more covertly? It doesn't matter when they, when they know you care. And, and those guys care about the program. And, and that's why it's so important to me to have people in those positions that do have that pride and the passion in the program that I talked about. And, and so, yeah, they, they're definitely very different personalities and that's not good or bad, right or wrong. That's just reality of it. And, but the, for both of them, done a great job and guys really respect both. Well, that was exciting news when I found out that Brian was joining. And obviously, it's tough to see Jake move on, but obviously we wish him well with whatever he's up to now. Um, you know, and, and obviously with Coach Forbes coming back, we're looking forward to this season. So with that, why don't we get into summer workouts? Uh, what were the guys up to over the summer? Uh, and then obviously with school starting about a month ago, you know, you guys probably got into a little bit more of a, of a formal uh, workout situation with conditioning and other things. And then I assume uh, actual official practice will start here pretty quick if it hasn't already. Yeah, it actually has, okay. but I'm going to get to that. Okay. We've got to rewind here a little bit. We started our summer workouts right after Memorial Day. Kind of a, it's a, it's a routine and schedule we've been on for a few years, and, and we've really liked how it's worked out for us. So we ended up getting about eight good weeks of summer workouts. We went through July, took a week off for, for the 4th. But uh, we had really good buy-in and commitment from our guys, and that's, that's been a big part of what's helped us to some success is, is the guys putting in time in the summer together. And so losing what we lost from a year ago, you know, a couple of really dynamic players in that group, uh, we've made some subtle changes to how we play. We're not talking about major philosophical shifts or anything like that. You're going to see a lot of similar things on the floor in terms of how we actually get some of those things, X's and O's wise, we're making some tweaks. And so it gave us a lot of time to work on that. I had some ideas and our coaching staff had some ideas we thought were gonna be awesome. And then in application, they weren't awesome. You know, So Summer gives us a chance to, to make some changes to things like that. But I, I was really happy with some of the gains we made. And one of the big things we pushed with our guys going into the summer was we need to get bigger and stronger across the board. And, and Coach Herc, our strength coach, he does a great job working with our guys, and, and he and I spent a lot of time talking in the spring, hey, this is what we need. We need some bigger, stronger dudes, because um, we're gonna ask some young guys to step into bigger roles than they played, and, and we needed to put on some weight. We needed to get stronger, and, and they did a really good job of that. We had a lot of guys make some exceptional gains in both strength, weight, body composition, whatever it is, uh, they really worked hard over the summer, and, and so that was really good. And then month of August, really, guys, that was to themselves. Uh, we started school in late August, but we didn't do much basketball-wise. Uh, we don't condition a whole lot, which is, you know, maybe we're different. Maybe I don't know what it is, but 
we don't do a ton of conditioning. We have a couple traditions in the program, a couple famous hills on campus that we run. We name hills after people in the program, and it's usually not a good thing, you know. And, and one of those hills is Cody Neewoner Hill. Uh, he went into a cramping fit a few years back running a hill, and so his, that hill's named after him. The only exception to that is we actually have a hill called J. Wolf 9, okay. which is right behind the Flanagan Center. And we called it that. It was actually Coach Erdman's idea to call it that. But last year, we, we did some conditioning out on that, that hill. And I asked Jay after the fact, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hard was that? And he told me it was a 9. Mm -hmm. And so I had to clarify, because Jay Wolf was an athletic freak. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, is that a 9 for normal people, or is that a Jay Wolf 9? And he said it was a Jay Wolf 9, which probably is a 14, 15 for the average person. And so we named the hill Jay Wolf 9. But other than that, we don't do a ton of conditioning. We started doing some formal basketball workouts a couple weeks back, um, some organized pickup for about a week. Uh, two weeks ago, we went in the morning every day, and, and we call it our boot camp. It's actually not nearly as bad as it sounds. It's a time-consuming week. It's probably tougher mentally than it is physically because we're throwing a lot of information at the guys. We're throwing the basics of our offense and defense at them that week. And then this past week, uh, Monday the 23rd, we started practice. So we're actually six practices in as we talk, and, and tomorrow will be our seventh. And so we're, we've hit, hit the ground running. Um, we have a lot to do. There's a ton of room for improvement at this time, which that's exciting. Um, we've talked a lot even this first week with the guys about the goal we want to have is continual improvement. And we don't, we don't want, nor do we need to be at our best right now. October hasn't even hit the calendar yet. Mm -hmm. And and so we're making mistakes and, and there's a lot of correcting going on and there's a lot of repetitions to make sure we get the basics down before we try to move on to, to other things. But it's been really good so far. I've been really, really pleased with the attitude and, and the energy the guys are bringing to practice. I think what I've liked the most is the competitiveness of it. And that's something that, to me, that's a big deal because we compete every single day. And and that competitiveness is something that over the past five, six years has been a part of our success. You know, when our when our second team can beat our first team in, in practice, that helps us. That makes us better. And right now we don't have a first and second team. You know, we're we're trying to figure all that out as we speak, but right now it's just been really competitive and we keep track of wins and losses in practice and I just look through them and it's Almost every guy on the roster was about 500 this week, which tells me we've got a good mix of guys. I mean, it tells me we have a, a, a deep and talented group and a really competitive group. And so that's where we're at right now. Um, we're in practice. Things are starting to shape out over the next few weeks. We'll have a couple scrimmages against other schools, which is always a great measuring stick. And it's also good for the guys because right now they're just beating up on each other every day. And, and sometimes you need to let out some frustration on somebody else. And so having scrimmages helps with that we also had our alumni game you mentioned that i think mm -hmm. matt um, a week ago had a good group of alums back and we're fortunate that we have a a group of young alums that are still really good players and in really good shape and and they can really keep a game competitive with us for the bulk of a game uh, <laughs> they still get a little tired because being in shape when you're not a competing athlete and being in shape as a competing athlete is still a different thing but it, it was really good for us you know, and, and we're talking about a bunch of guys who know everything we do. They know exactly what we want to do. They're going to try to cheat, gamble, steal to make us look bad, make us turn the ball over. You know, Coach Leffler's out there cheating every single action we have, and our guys are starting to get frustrated. And 
you know, it takes a couple minutes to, to figure out what he's trying to do, but it was good for us. And more importantly, it's great to have alums back on campus. We try to coincide that with homecoming weekend at Briarcliff, and it was a great weekend. A lot of our teams won, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But it was great to have a good group of alums back and, and a lot of guys who, who helped make the program what it is. So all in all, it was good for, good for the program, good for the alums, and uh, that's where we're at. That's kind of five months in a nutshell so to speak. So we'll get a little bit more into the roster uh, when we come back with the podcast in a couple weeks. So we're not going to get into that too much now. But uh, when does the season actually tip off? We actually tip off one month from today, October 29th. We're at home against Graceland. And actually, I have the schedule sitting in front of me here on the table. It's kind of a funny schedule. If you look at it, we play at home on October 29th and not again until November 20th. Um, So we... We're going to be on the road a lot early. The flip side of that is we're home a lot late in the year. I think we finish with five out of six at home, have a couple classics in there. We'll play at Bellevue. We'll play at Presentation, you know, but we'll be on the road for a while, and that's okay. Um, sometimes that's good for a team, and when the when the trade-off is a lot of home games late in the year, you know, we certainly hope we're in a position to to be competing at the top of the conference at that point and having home games is, is a luxury for sure. So it's it's coming fast. You know, I, I don't necessarily like playing in October, but the way the calendar falls, sometimes you, you can't help it and, and you need to get those games in. But we're going to play a 30-game schedule. I think it's challenging. And obviously, we both know every night in the GPAC is going to be a challenge. So on top of a challenging non-conference, it's just going to be a challenging schedule all season long. Well, we'll have a lot of opportunities to talk about basketball in the next podcast and throughout the season. But for now, I think we're going to turn it over to talking about uh, some other things that I think our listeners have come to expect us to talk about. And those include things like various life rules and food and, and some other things. And so uh, one of the things we want to start getting going on this podcast is a weekly segment we're going to call Coach Figuera's Life Rules. And this is going to be an opportunity for Coach Figuera to share some of the wisdom that perhaps he shares with his players uh, and other students on campus who uh, seek his enlightenment uh, from this office here on the, the top floor of the Newman Flanagan Center. This is going to be an opportunity for him to share that with the rest of the world through this podcast. So, uh, Coach Figuera, for your very first Coach Figuera's life rules, what do you got for us this week? Well, my first life rule is going to talk about airline travel. And over the summer, since we last put out a podcast, my wife and I were able to travel a little bit, went to Boston for a week, went to Vegas for a few days. And traveling is a, is a frustrating process when you're talking about airlines, when you're talking about going through security and checking bags. And, and let's be real, at six foot eight, flying's just not very fun. And so it's frustrating enough, but there's some things that people do that really irritate me that I just don't think you should do, or things that they don't do that you should do. Okay. So I have two main life rules when it comes to airline travel. Number one, when you're going through security, be prepared. Mm-hmm. Don't walk up to the belt and get your bucket out and then start to work on everything. Be a little prepared. Have your shoes untied. Have your belt off before you get there. Don't hold up everybody else because you're not ready. Pretty simple to me. As you know, probably, Matt, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, and this one really gets me, and it happened to us on our way back from Boston. There's an order you get off the plane. Oh, I know where you're going. It's first row, second row, third row, et cetera, all the way back. Yeah. Well, we're, we were probably sitting mid-plane, row 18 or so, and we land in, in Omaha mm-hmm. from Chicago, and a lady from 
behind us. I couldn't tell you what row. She's like half running, but kind of pushing, shoving people out of the way so she could be the first one off the plane. You are the scum of the earth if you're doing that. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and so just wait your turn. Everybody wants to get off the plane. Nobody wants to sit there longer than they have to. And, and when you do that, you're just telling everybody, hey, I'm more important than everybody else on this plane. I, don't, I, I'm not, I can't get down with that. And so those, that's my life rule when it comes to airline travel. Those two right there. Book don't, it. Don't be a jerk. That's what it boils all down to, doesn't it? Just be a good person. That's be all. Be a good person. Be considerate. We talked in this podcast about when you're in the grocery store paying attention to your surroundings. That's really all it is, is be courteous to the other 180 people who are surrounding you on this tube that just flew three hours wherever you're going. Everyone wants to get off the plane. Everybody's going to get off the plane. I hear you 100%. We went to Disney World a few years ago with the kids. And two adults, I swear to God, two adults were in the back of the plane, had their Mickey Mouse backpacks and stuff on when we land in Orlando. Uh, and as soon as the plane touches down, they run to the front of the plane. Yeah, I totally agree. So everyone who's out there listening, please uh, please keep Coach's advice in mind. Another thing here, I'm going to give Coach a few uh, little mini life situations, and we're going to get a yay or a nay on Coach. And that will make more sense here in a second when I start to, to go through these. But, again, I'm just going to tell them something that people do, uh, and if it's something Coach approves of, it's a yay. If it's something coach thinks is stupid, it's a nay. So we're going to go ahead and get started with putting ketchup on eggs. That's a big nay. I, I, I don't like ketchup personally. I think ketchup was invented for people who don't like the taste of food. Mm, okay. I, I don't put it on eggs. I think it's big in the military, if I understand. It's a, it's a big military thing because I guess maybe the eggs aren't very tasty, and so it's just a way to it's, it's possible. make it edible. Um, I can't answer to that. I've never been in the military, but I'm not a ketchup fan. So I'm going nay on anything ketchup related. Okay, next one. Uh, putting peanut butter in the fridge. Also a nay. Okay. Belongs in the cupboard or the pantry, whatever you want to call it. I think there are a few types of peanut butter or brands that are recommended to refrigerate. I'll make an exception there, but at, at my house, the, the peanut butter is in the cupboard. So if it says to refrigerate it on the package. I think that's probably wise. There's probably a reason for that, some kind of preservative or something um, that needs to be refrigerated. But I don't think preservatives belong in peanut butter anyway. So keep it in the cupboard. Uh, How about cold Pop-Tarts? You're bringing me back to my childhood here, Matt. I was actually a toaster strudel guy over Pop-Tarts. But I did like Pop-Tarts too. And, And to this day, when I... During the season, I spend a lot of time on the road. We mm-hmm. go out and watch a lot of high school games. End up in a lot of small towns where if you need a post-game snack, your only option is probably the Casey's. I've been known to get Pop-Tarts, and they don't have toasters, so I eat them cold. I'm going to go yay, but I prefer Pop-Tarts in the toaster. Okay, all right. And my last one here, this kind of goes back, I think, towards the same philosophy with the airplane. So I, I think I might know uh, where you're going to go with this, but I'm going to ask anyway. Yay or nay on people who go into like a fast food or quick serve restaurant and there's a long line and there's very slim pickings as it comes to seating. And uh, while you're in line, you send your spouse or your kids to go grab one of the empty tables because you don't think you're going to get one. Yay or nay? That's a big nay. You know, as infuriating as fast food restaurants can be at times, most do an okay job of efficiently getting your food out and nobody just lingers around and sits in their booth at McDonald's or Burger King. And so when people are done, they're going to get up. And it should be fairly free-flowing, and you should be fine. But 
when people have their food and there's nowhere to sit because there's people without their food just sitting there while everyone else is in line. I can't get on board with that. And in fact, this isn't a fast food example, but Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, the original location, it's in a, in a gas station in KC, maybe my favorite restaurant in the world. It's a, it's a similar situation, but they have signs up everywhere, do not sit down until you have your food. Oh, okay. Usually they have somebody working, there's still people that do it, you know, that's an uncomfortable conversation probably for those workers, but they kind of have that figured out that it's going to efficiently work. If you wait to get your food, you sit down, you eat, you leave when you're done, Again, it's not a place where you're just going to sit and lounge and, and right. hang out. You're going to get out of there. So just wait in line, order your food, find a seat when you're done. There it is. Nay. There you go. So like I said, throughout the season, we're going to allow Coach to impart a bunch of his wisdom on the rest of you, but that's going to probably be it uh, for today. So before we wrap things up here on this first episode, I'll just kind of let you know what's going on. Uh, we're going to do these podcasts every two weeks, at least until the season gets going. So uh, we will have our next episode two weeks from now, uh, and then we'll probably do another two-week break. And I would imagine by then we'll have games probably getting going. So from there, we'll go week to week on these. But uh, keep that in mind. The next podcast will come out in a couple weeks. Don't forget, if you want to look us up or reach out on Twitter, you can find us at BC Buckets Cast. Again, that's at BC Buckets Cast on Twitter. Otherwise, shoot us an email at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any listener questions, we want to work those into the podcast as well this year. So uh, any questions you have for Coach, uh, basketball-related or otherwise, make sure you get those in. Again, that's bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. So before we wrap things up, Coach, uh, I think you said you have a shout-out you wanted to give. Yeah, I, I'm all about celebrating success in the athletic department at Briarcliff, and, and some of our fall sports are off to a great start. Um, in particular, this last eight days now our women's soccer teams knocked off two top 15 teams in a row so shout out to coach Paul Cox and the women's soccer team I fully expect them to now be in the top 25 after the the great run they've started the year on awesome yeah and football's off to a pretty strong start again this year I know they dropped the game this weekend but uh, that defense I'll tell you what has looked legit they're fun to watch uh, you know, they, they're manufacturing a lot of points from their defense, which is helping the offense. And, and yeah, they had a tough one yesterday, but I'm excited to watch the second half of the season. Coach Wagner and his staff are doing a great job and, and uh, they're fun to watch and excited to see how that goes the rest of the way. All right, everybody. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, again, find us in a couple weeks. We'll be back to talk more about the upcoming season. We'll get a little bit more into the uh, returning roster and then maybe talk about some of the newcomers that uh, have come in this year uh, as freshmen or transfers or otherwise. So uh, on behalf of Coach Figuera, my name is Matt Gall. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.